This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I've got a message here for you, and then we're going to baptize some people, and it's going to be great. Amen. How many of you guys picked up some notes on your way in? If you didn't pick up some notes on your way in, it's okay. Uh, We do that sometimes just to help people to follow along, and some people are writers. Some people like to learn and write. Some people don't like to to write, and that's okay. We'll have the the stuff up on the screen, and and so you can learn that way. Maybe you're a visual learner, but uh, uh, let's just pray, and then we'll get into it. Father, we just come before you today. We thank you so much for this day, Lord. We're just just in awe of what it is that you did through Jesus. We're thankful and we're grateful. And so we just invite you into this place today. We ask you to speak to lives and speak to hearts in Jesus name. Amen. The question I have for you guys today is, is what does Easter mean to you? Now, we've got some kids in here, we've got some youth in here, and I can remember back to when I was uh, a young person, what Easter really, if I'm honest, meant to me was is that it meant going to grandma's, it meant finding Easter eggs, and it meant finding baskets, and uh, we actually celebrated with my mom and dad uh, last weekend, and I was actually kind of heckling my mom and dad because when they hid, when they hid my older kids' baskets, it was like... It couldn't have been more easy. I mean, it was like a beacon of lights, like shining on, hey, here I am, here's the basket. And that is not how I remembered it. When I was at, the last year when I was hunting my Easter basket, it was like cruel and inhumane what they did to me because I searched and and the whole family, like we're talking all my cousins and my aunts, they were just like heckling me because I could not find the basket. They didn't give me any clues. They didn't tell me if I was hot. They didn't tell me if I was cold. They just watched me aimlessly walk around looking for my basket. It was, it was really humiliating. And, uh, but that, that is not what Easter means. Now we celebrated yesterday and I made sure that I hid my older kids at basket and even Will, his basket. I made sure that we hid them very, very well so that they really had to look right. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm sure that we all in this house have different memories of what Easter means means to you uh, uh, and what it means, you know, maybe it's uh, with family and things like that. But I just want you to know today that the Easter is so much more. It's so much more. And, and uh, you know, and, and so this week I took some time just to read through Matthew and look at uh, the stories and the, uh, the things that surrounded and walked up to uh, uh, the resurrection of our king. And you know, you see some amazing things that are happening in those days leading up to and, and his resurrection, which was so glorious. You know, you, you see the sacrifice that, that he made. You see the humiliation. You see uh, many of these things that we could all remember in our mind as things that really, really stick out. But, but as I read and as I studied, I saw some different things that, that I kind of want to bring to light today, and that is the people that were amongst all of these events. The people that, that kind of pop out, they just kind of pop up in the story and in the chapters preceding and, and leading up to uh, uh, his resurrection. And, and so I just kind of wanna, I kind of wanna go through them because you know, I asked the question when I went and I saw these people, I asked the question, you know, what did the, the death and the burial and the resurrection mean to these people? Because 
because you know these people were no different than us as individuals. Uh, you know, there was Mary who was a close follower, and and if you remember, you know, she she actually gave a, some really expensive perfume and washed uh, Jesus' feet and anointed him before you know, and and so we see that there was no sacrifice that was was too great for Mary. You know, we looked at the disciples and we see that they followed him very very closely, but but like when the pressure came on, what happened? You know, Jesus said that they would, they would leave and they wouldn't be found, and, and that's exactly what happened. You know, we all remember the religious leaders who, uh, you know, they were against Jesus and they didn't really believe that he was the Messiah, and so they were fighting for him and arguing for him and manipulating people so that he would be killed. Um, you guys remember Pilate, you know, he was, he was the one assigned to, to cast judgment and, and assign the, the, the sentence to Jesus. But if you look closely at Pilate, he, you know, as he worked with Jesus and talked to him and asked him questions, he was a little bit skeptical. And, and it actually went on to say that he was, I, I see that he was in shame because in Matthew's account, he, he said that he, he publicly washed his hands in front of, of everybody because he wanted to wash his hands of what it was that he was doing. And, and, and then another one that really popped out to me was Pilate's wife. And, and, you know, I can't even really remember the last time that I looked at Pilate's wife, but she, she said that she had a dream and she was scared of what it was that was, was, was going down and she actually encouraged her husband and said, listen, whatever you do, you need to dismiss yourself from this. Somehow you need to get out of what it is that's taking place. We remember the soldiers who were cruel and they mocked him. The captain of a guard is another one that really stood out to me because here he was guarding uh, uh, Jesus on the cross, but when Jesus died and, it said, and he said, it is finished, it said that the captain of the guard realized that there was something different. He realized that this, this man was truly the king of kings. And so what we see here is, is another man of Joseph who was a rich man, and he was a religious man, but, but he actually was, he went against the grain, and he went against all these other religious friends of his, and he actually went and, 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 and asked for Jesus' body and saw to it that Jesus was buried uh, in a proper way, and so he valued uh, uh, what it was that was going on. And so you know, when I think about all of these people, you know, I ask myself the question, and maybe you could ask yourself the question, can you relate to any of these people? Can you relate to, to them? You know, maybe you are a follower and, and, and a follower of Jesus and there's no sacrifice that's too great. You might be that person today and you might be a, a, a strong follower of Jesus and, and there is no sacrifice that's too great. You give of your life, you give of your time, you serve, you give of your money and so you're, you're much like Mary. Maybe you're a follower but you spend most of your time kind of like the disciples trying to, you know, go up the ladder in life or jockey for a position. You know, maybe there's the, you're the person that you just, you don't really believe that this is true. You believe that it's, it's just a story that happened. You might be one like jo Judas who was, who was deceived and you don't even realize that you are deceived because we found out in the stories leading up to that that Judas was absolutely deceived and it wasn't until he saw what happened that he realized, man, I'm deceived. And so maybe, maybe you're in that position. Maybe Maybe you're like Pilate and maybe you're skeptical and you have questions and you don't, you can't comprehend or 
or, or understand it all, but yet maybe there's something in your life where there's shame that you live with and you, you kind of can, can relate to the life of Pilate. Or maybe you realize what's been done, kind of like the, the captain of the guard, but you're just, you're just unwilling to commit. And so we see in all of these people, we see humanity. We see people just like you. We see people just like me. We see people from all walks of life. We see rich people. We see poor people. We see men and we see women. All who were amongst this story and this this time leading up to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. They all had a perspective. And I think today, you know, as we sit in this room and we ask this question, what does Easter mean to us? We all have different perspectives. And and for some of us, we absolutely know the the purpose. We absolutely know uh, uh, the promise. We absolutely know the power of the resurrection and we live in that. And, and, And so it doesn't matter where you're at today. No matter where you're at on the spectrum of of life, no matter if you're a a believer, a strong believer and a strong follower, or maybe you're someone who uh, is far from God, I'm here today to tell you that he, he died for you. He died for me, and, and we're, to, we're here today to celebrate that. And my prayer today is, is that you'll realize that you'll come to a greater realization of what it is that his resurrection means for you today and in the future. Because, you know, sometimes we look at, at the past that, that this was an event that happened. And yes, it is absolutely central to Christianity. Jesus' resurrection is, it is central. But, but what we know and we look at scriptures is, is that it, it's, it's not just for them. It's not just in the past. It's in the present and it's in the future. And so when we understand the reality of it, we can live in that resurrection that Jesus died for us and was raised for us. We can live in that reality every single day. And so that's my prayer to, for you today is, is that, that your perspective changes, that, that, that the Lord would help you to see the resurrection in a greater way. You know, uh, years ago, my wife, she uh, lovingly threw me a surpri- surprise birthday party. How many of you guys have ever had been thrown a surprise birthday party? How many of you guys have ever been instructed not to throw a surprise birthday party? Right, that's, I was instructed not to, but my wife threw me a surprise birthday party. And uh, you know, what was amazing was is that just all of the work and the time and the energy and the effort that she, she put into it, and it was, it was just a special day. It, was, it made me feel special, it made me feel loved, and uh, uh, it was awesome to have friends and family come and, and celebrate me because, you know, it was just cool. And, uh, and so I enjoyed it. But, you know, one of the things that, that, um, that happened, and I was kind of surprised by it was, is that after the surprise birthday party, I came to the realization that number one, my wife could do just about anything and I would be completely clueless. <laughs> and like, here she was like working, planning, doing, and here I was completely oblivious to this party that was in preparation. Now, now I will co- I'll put it in context that, that we had planned a party. I knew we were having a party. I just didn't know that the party was for, for me. But what was really shocking was just how oblivious I was 
to this party and this event that was, uh, that was taking place. And I think sometimes that when it comes to um, the resurrection of Jesus, I wonder if we are somewhat oblivious to what it is that happened. You know, when we look at this list of people and we go through this list of people, and I'd encourage you to, to go back and look at Matthew 24, 25, 26, 27, look at those and just look at the people and their lives because you know, I don't think that they were intentionally oblivious. I wasn't intentionally oblivious to this birthday party, but I think that sometimes we're a little bit oblivious to what it is that Jesus has really done for us. And, and, and so, you know, um, I, I just, I, I, I was, it was no different than the people that surrounded Jesus in those days leading up to the, great, the greatest act of compassion mankind has ever known. Those people were, were, you know, some of them knew somewhat of what was going on. Some of them didn't care, and, and they were going on about their lives. And, 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 uh, but what about you? You know, how do you view his death, his burial, and his resurrection? Is it, is, is it a story to you? Do you question whether it happened? Um, or maybe you see yourself as one of these people that we discussed. You know, it affected Pilate's wife in the dream and, and it scared her. You know, and, and my question to you is, is does it affect you the same way? Because we don't know what Pilate's wife saw in that dream. She could have seen herself, you know, going to, to hell as a result of not believing. She, you know, there's many things that she could have seen, but obviously what she saw in that dream, it scared her. It brought something to her that shook her, that helped her to move from a place of being oblivious and unaware of what was going on to being aware of the power and the reality of what was taking place. And so we too, you know, uh, um, can't not be like myself when, 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 when we're going through life to just be oblivious to what it is that Jesus has done for us. You know, another one that really stuck out to me was the captain of the guard because he realized the realness of what it was that was happening. And, and so that's my prayer to, for you guys today, that no matter where you're at, that, that you understand the realization of that. And so I wanna look here because, you know, when we ask this question, what if Jesus wasn't actually raised from the dead? What if Jesus wasn't actually raised from the dead? And, and when we ask that question, it, it, what's amazing is, is that Paul wrote and asked that very same question in 1 Corinthians 15, and that's kind of what we're gonna base our, our morning on here in the time that we have left, is just to answer. And, and what you have to understand is, is that in this portion of scripture, Paul was trying to help these people understand because the people that he was talking to were, were of Greek, uh, um, they were of Greek background. And so they really, really questioned whether or not Jesus had actually been raised from the dead. And, and so he was really addressing that and he was trying to help them to understand and really just bring their, their awareness of the power of what it was that was happening. And so so he answers this question in, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, and it says, if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. And we uh, apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. 
but the resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ uh, has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. And in that case, all who have died believing that Christ uh, in Christ are lost. And if your hope is in Christ, it's only for this life. We are more than pitied than anyone in the world. But verse 20, the fact is, is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the greatest harvest of all who have died. And so what we see here is, is that, you know, if Christ wasn't resurrected, if he did not rise from the dead, then we, us sitting here is pointless. And, and, and me standing up here is pointless. And your faith is pointless. But what Paul was saying is, is he was saying, it is absolutely not pointless. It is, there is a absolute point. And he did die. And, and, and what you believe is true. And, and everything that, that we celebrate absolutely is true. Our preaching is not worthless. Our faith is valuable. Jesus is the son of God. And we are the body of Christ. And we can trust in what it is that he said. The Bible is more than a book. It is the absolute word of God to you and to me. And so today I want to go over the three P's of Easter. The three P's. Purpose, power and promise. The purpose, the power, and the promise. Because, you know, I was thinking about this. I knew there would be kids in here, and I was thinking about my kids, and I was thinking about, you know, how when I was a young person, my focus was more on the Easter and the baskets and the food and the family. But I wanted to explain to, to my younger self what, the, what, what it really, really meant so that, so that I could internalize it, so that I wouldn't be walking through life oblivious to what it is that Jesus really came to do. And so the first thing is the purpose of the resurrection. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we continue, 1 Corinthians 15, 21 says, Paul says, so you see, just as death came into the world through one man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. And so what we see, guys, is, is that, number one, death came by one man, and that man was Adam. And, and for those that maybe don't understand that, you know, God gave dominion and power and authority to Adam. He put Adam on the earth, and he said, here, take care of it and do, you know, rule and reign over it, but he made a mistake. And when he made that mistake, he opened the door. And that's what, what it's talking about, that death came in through Adam. Romans 5.12 says that when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. So because of one man, Death came into the world. Because of one man, sin came into the world. And not only did it come in, it spread to you and to, to me. And so because of his decision, it brought death to the world. It brought death to, to, to the, our, our life. It brought death to you. It brought death to me. We were separated from God because of one man's decision. And so you and I, because of what Adam did, were doomed. But thank God, Hebrews 2.14 says that for only as a, a human being could he die, 
And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who live their lives as slaves to fear of dying. And so uh, the purpose uh, the purpose of resurrection is to break the power of sin and death over us. And so, so we have to understand and grasp this idea that, that sin entered because of Adam, the first Adam, but the second Adam being Jesus set us free from that power. And I don't know about you, but that is a great promise to celebrate today that we have been set free from the power of the enemy. He, that Jesus, by his actions, broke all. It says in, in 1 John 3, 8, that the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. And so today we celebrate the purpose of Jesus coming that he destroyed the power of death. He destroyed sin over our lives. Adam opened the door and Jesus shut the door. And, he's, and he, he paid the price so that you and I would not have to be bound by sin and by death. Satan thought that he won he thought he won in the garden. He thought he won when Jesus was hanging on the cross. But little did he know that when Jesus rose from the dead, that the victory, that, that he had been ultimately destroyed and, and, and broke the power of the devil. And so we see the purpose being that, that Jesus broke the power of sin and death. The second thing is the power in verse 22 of, of 1 Corinthians 15. It says, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Do you know that you have been given new life? Not only has he broken the power of sin and death, but by his resurrection, you have been given life. And so the power of the resurrection today for you is, is that it gives you, as an individual, new life. It gives you new life. When we belong to Christ, we have new life. Not only did Jesus break the power of the devil and destroy his works, but his resurrection gives us new life. And not only that, not only does he gift us that, that new life, but he allows and empowers us to live new life. Look at what it says in Romans 6, 4. It says that for we died and were buried with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Now there's a, there's a little word before that. It's may. We may live new lives. There's a choice that you and I have to, to, to make. That when we understand the purpose, we understand that Jesus came and broke the power of sin and death. But there's a, the question is, is whether or not we will absolutely choose to live this new life that Jesus came and bled and died for. It, but, but it's there and it's for us to live this new life and to be raised to life. Another thing is that this uh, sin lost its power. It goes on to say there in Romans that sin lost its power. It, it also goes on to say that we were dead to sin and now we are alive to God. And then lastly, the same power dwells in you. And I want you guys to get this because it's important because pa Paul had a couple different references to this that, that as I talked about, 
The resurrection was absolutely something that happened back then. But this, this continuation of the resurrection in our life, this, this new life that he came for us is, is really kind of brought to clarity in Romans 8, 11. And it says that, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. It will also give you power to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. So did you get that? The same power that raised Christ from the dead, right? It, he, that power dwells in you to live this new life, to, to overcome the things that go on in life. You are not a victim of, of, of sin. You're not a victim of shame. You're not a victim of, of, of life. You, you know, the things that have happened in your life, they may have happened, but here, here we're told that he has given us the power to overcome. I believe that the same power that raised a man from the dead, if, he could, if that power could raise a man from the dead, that power that dwells on the inside of you can absolutely change anything that you're dealing with, anything that you're going through. But you have to realize it. You have to come to the realization in your heart that, that Paul said that that power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you so that sin loses its power. We're alive in God. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, you know, and that we would know the resurrection. Paul said, I want to, and we've talked about this before, that, that, that Paul talked about his long list of all of the things that he did in his life. And he said, it's all for nothing. He got, he, it was just, it's an amazing portion of scripture where he goes through this big laundry list of things that all of these things that he had done. And at the end of it, he's like, the only thing that matters is knowing God. But he also went on to say here is, is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And so what that tells me is, and it tells you, is that this, this knowledge of the power, it, it can be revealed, continuously revealed to us each and every day, each and every week. The more that we go to his word, we can realize and, 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 and come to a greater realization of what it is uh, that God did, the power that resides on the inside of you. You know, when, when we know that this power resides on the inside of us, we live different. We act different. We think different. We, it changes who we are when we realize that. And that's really what it was that, that Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.19. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. You know, you can pray that prayer for yourself. You can, you can this, this power that we're talking about, each and every day, you can pray the Ephesians prayers over your life and say, Lord, I want to know your resurrection power in my life. I want to know it more. I, know, I want to know it better. I want to walk in it, and I, I want to help others to understand the power of the resurrection, and he will absolutely do that for you. You know, Jesus did it for the disciples. He did it for Mary. He did it for Pilate. He, he, he went to the cross, and he died, and he was, rose again for Pilate's wife. He did it for the captain of the guard. He did it for me, and he did it for you. His, his resurrection 
salvation moves us from the penalty of sin and shame to one of new life. He gives us new life. So we understand the purpose, we understand the power, and lastly, the promise. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 23. It says, it says, but there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised at, as the first of the, of the harvest, and then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. There's a future resurrection. The promise is his return. You know, there's the past promise, or the past resurrection. There's this present resurrection in our lives each and every day when we are resurrected in new life. And in, and in the future, he's coming back for you and for me. That is the promise that he will return. He promised that he was gonna give his life. Many of the believers didn't understand that. They were going through life and, and didn't quite understand. They thought that he was gonna set up a new kingdom in the earth but it was a spiritual kingdom that he was setting up. So they were kind of oblivious to it. And so the same thing is true for you and I when it comes to the promise of what it is that we have, have to look forward to, and that is the future resurrection when, he's, when he comes again for you and for me. And that's gonna be a glorious day. The promise is eternal life, that you and I get to go and spend eternity in heaven with our heavenly Father. Christ was first, and as we belong to him and as we know him and, and accept him, we are moved to this place of eternal, uh, eternal um, life. It's a great expectation. First Peter uh, 1, 3 says that it is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with a great expectation. Do you live with a great expectation? You should. You should absolutely live with a great expectation of what it is that is to come, where we are united with loved ones, we're united to, to Jesus in heaven. It is a great expectation of a promise that was given to you and to me. John 11 says that Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so that's the question today is, do you believe that? I hope that you do. I hope that you, you have come to that realization in your life that, that he bled and he died. You know, when I was thinking about this party that my wife threw for me, you know, it's, it's, it's so cool because... She did all of the things that she was doing in the background, and then there were some other people that, that, that were helping her, you know, to get everything just right, doing, you know, making the food and hanging the pictures and putting the final touches on, on, the, on the house and getting ready. Actually, my neighbor even got involved because I got sent to uh, get something and I, I was gonna be a nice husband. And so I decided I was gonna go get my wife a diet Mountain Dew because she had been working so hard for this party that wasn't for me. And so I was like, I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna run down. I'm gonna get this diet Mountain Dew full of caffeine for her. And so I run down to Casey's and I get it. It's got just the right amount of ice. How many of you guys gotta have the right amount of ice? Yeah. And so I come back and my neighbor ran across the yard to our house to, 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 to basically notify everybody that I was returning. And so they quick, you know, hit everything and they came out and acted like nothing was going on. And I was totally oblivious again. 
to what was going on. But, but my point is, is that these people all played a part in this party. They, all, they were all working, they were all diligent, they were all doing the assignment that had been given to them to, 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 to make sure that this thing was successful. And, I, and when I think about that, I think about Jesus' resurrection. And I think about, you know, that, that Mary, she followed closely. She, she was right there, and then when he was uh, on the cross, she was there. And then the next morning, it says that when, he, when she went, she went early to, to the tomb to find him. And, and, and so she was about what it was that Jesus was about. And so she wasn't oblivious to go, what was going on. She may not have had all the facts, but she was right there doing what it was that needed to be done. And I think that you and I, as believers, that we can't fall into this trap where Easter just becomes something that we do just to get together. But it's so much more than that. There's, there's purpose to it. There's, there's power in it. And there's a promise behind it. And, and, and we need to be about the Father's business. And in these days that are near, that are coming to an end, where, where he is going to come through on his promise, and he is going to return, that we need to be about the Father's business. We need to, 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 to be ready to be watching, just like my neighbor. He was looking out his window, seeing if I was going to come back, and sure enough, here he comes. And so he ran to, to the house and let them know. We need to be looking for his return and letting people know that, that Jesus is returning, and, he, and you need to be right with him. And so today, as, as we bring this to a close, I just want to recommit our, our lives to him and, uh, and so if, if we could just have every head, head bowed and every eye closed, you know, I just, today is the day where we're celebrating his resurrection, but it's for you, it's for me, it's for, for people. And, and so no matter where you find yourself today, whether you are completely far from God and you, you don't know him and you're not close to him, Today is the day to get back into right standing and fellowship with him. He came for you. He died for you. He bled for you. He was resurrected for you. And so if you're that person today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, and you, you, or maybe you are far from him, today's the day to get right with him. Today's the day to commit to him. Today's the day to realize, man, I need to get right with God. Man, I need to get back in right standing with him. And so if that's you, if you are far from him or you don't even know him, today is your day. And, and with an uplifted hand, you can just put it right up and then put it right back down and say, Brian, I need you to pray with me. I need to pray and, and ask him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you and you're in this house, just put up your hand real quick for me to see it. And then you can put it right back down. Is there anybody in here? Anybody at all? You're far from God and you need to recommit. I see that hand. Awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else that you want to get right with your heavenly father? Anybody at all? All right. Well, we're all going to pray together with this, with this person because I think that there's others that, that, that need to make this commitment, that need to pray this prayer to, 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 to Jesus right now. And so we're going to all pray together and, and just follow me in this. Pray, Father. I choose to believe in Jesus and I believe he's your son and I believe that you raised him from the dead to give me new life. 
So according to your word, I believe with my heart, I willingly confess with my mouth, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and thank you for forgiving me in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for this person that made this decision today. I just thank you, Lord, that, that you're helping them. You're strengthening them. And if there were others today, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them. And Father God, as we leave this place, Father, we, we just recommit our lives to lives that are about your business, about your plan, about your will. Not, the, not our own lives and what we wanna do. No, we're about your resurrection. We are absolutely aware of what it is that's going on. We are aware of the fact, Lord, that you have sent us into this world to be a light to those that are lost, to be a light to those that need, need you, to be a light uh, to those that are hurting, Father. And so today we recommit in the, in the purpose and in the power of what it is that you have done, Father God, to walk as believers who are representatives of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, hey, we're going to take this opportunity and we're going to we're going to celebrate with some people. And so we're going to we're going to sing some worship songs and we're going to celebrate the baptism where these people are basically they're they're representing what it is that Jesus did. Amen. And it's going to be a glorious time. So I just encourage you to just uh, 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 join the team and sing and clap and and just celebrate these people that are being baptized today. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys can take it away.